Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Good to see you all. Um, today, I'd like to speak about something which I think is very beautiful, okay? The Pasuk begins, Bereshit bara Elohim. That's how our Torah begins. In the beginning, God created. Rashi asks a very famous question. He says, why would we start with Bereshit bara Elohim? The Torah is primarily not a history book. It's a book of laws. It's instructions for how one is supposed to lead their life. So why would you start with this incannabular earth story? Instead, just start by the first mitzvah that the Jewish people are given, which he says is, HaChodesh HaZelachem. Teach me, start me off on the first mitzvah the Jews get when they leave Egypt. And you know what? How will we know about Avram, Isaac, Jacob, Egypt? You know how we'll know that? Simple. We'll have someone you know, call us, uh, you know, call every week, uh, you know, history class. We'll do the class together, and that's how we'll learn it. You know, why would we begin the Torah, Bereshit, by Elohim? Answers Rashi, Rashi says, why? Why? Because he knows, God knew that the nations of the world would come to us with a complaint. They would say to us, I don't understand. Why is it that you were able to throw out the Canaanites, when you came to Israel, the seven nations, you know, it doesn't belong to you, this land, the land of Israel. It belongs to them. And the answer is, Bereshit bara Elohim, God made the world. He made it, He owns it. If He owns it, He can give it to whoever He wants. When He promised it to Abraham Avinu, and Abraham Avinu, Yitzchak, Yaakov, they settled the land, because it became their land. The fact that they, had, they were driven out and made slaves doesn't mean it's no longer their land. So the land was given by God, by the Creator, to the ones that He wanted to give it to. Now that is a fascinating insight. So therefore, says the Torah, we began with Bereshit bara Elohim. Why? Because the nations of the world should not have a claim against us for the fact that we live in Israel. Now, can we just hold the presses for one second? I get that that's an important thing, but... To tell me that that's the most important thing that I had to go first? Why couldn't you squish that in somewhere in Vayikra, in between uh, you know Tazria and Mitzorah? Have one verse that says Ki Bereshit Bara Elokim and then you'll have it sandwiched over there in the middle of Vayikra. Why does it need that we have to open up the whole Torah with this? And not only that, you think that the primary concern of the Torah is what? is that you should keep the laws. Not whether or not there's a dispute over real estate, what you have to answer them. Could you imagine that? I stand up, my daughter's going to be getting married next Wednesday. Could you imagine? I stand up under the chuppah. My first daughter's getting married. I want to share words from my heart. And I say, Rabotai, it's very meaningful to me. Uh, I want to share this with everybody. You know, right now the stock market Sorry, the real estate market in the, in the city is depressed. You know, you could get apartments for 30% or less off of their retail value. You know, now is a good time. Everyone's looking. This is what you're talking about under the chuppah. Is it a bad message? Beautiful message. But you gave me a real estate message when you should have been talking about something much more important. Bereshit bara Elohim. Why are we starting with that? What is, what's going on here? Rabotai, I think the answer here is incredibly beautiful. Before we begin the Torah, before we begin anything, we need to start with a seminal message. 
And you ready for this? This is the idea. This is the concept. You know, there was uh, once an argument between Ahmed Shukairi and Ben Gurion. He was the head of the Arab League and he was fighting against Ben Gurion. What do you think you're doing here in Israel when all the Arabs were here before you? We had Arabs in Haifa and you had Arabs in Khadera and you had Arabs over here and Arabs over there. And then you come in, you want to throw everybody out? Ben Gurion picks up a Tanakh and he starts waving at him in the air like this. He says, you want to know why we came here? Because it says in the Tanakh, in the Torah, it says that this land is ours. In the Tanakh, it talks about how we were here. In the Tanakh, in the Tanakh. He puts down the Tanakh and this man, Ahmed, says to him, it also says in the Tanakh that you're waving, that you're not allowed to do melacha on Shabbat. They used to call him the man, the, the man from Tel Aviv. Adon mi Tel Aviv. Sir from Tel Aviv. It says in the book that you're waving, which is your right to the land, that you can't work on Shabbat, but all the businesses are open in Tel Aviv on Shabbat. This is the head of the Arab League is giving the sharpest Musar to Ben Gurion. What's the answer? Who's right? I'm sorry to say, in that argument, the loser of that argument is Ben Gurion. You can't use, you can't pick and choose what you want to be able to use as a, could you imagine, a guy says, look, I have a, a, a what's it called, a contract here. The contract binds the other guy that he's not, he has to pay rent. And look, it says over here, article one, that you have to pay me rent on the first of the month, $10,000. The guy says, yes, but in article two, it says that if, what's it called? If uh, you, know, you don't fix things in the house, if there's anything broken, then I'm absolved from paying rent. The guy says, yeah, yeah, we're only talking about Article 1 now. You understand? If the, if the document proves Article 1, then the document proves Article 2. You can't have one without the other. Rabbi Galinsky tells an unbelievable story. There was once a guy who's sitting there in the Beta Knesset in the shul. It's Ta'anit uh, Esther, and he's eating in the shul. So the rabbi comes up to this guy, secular Israeli guy, no kippah, he's, you know, he's eating. So he says to him, I don't understand, don't you know it's a Ta'anit Esther? He says, Rabbi, I have a problem with Ta'anit Esther. He says, really, what's the problem? He says, if you look in the Megillah, right, why were they fasting? They were fasting because they didn't want to get destroyed. Why was there a Gezerah from Haman against the Jews? Haman said, Yeshno am mefuzar mufurad. There's a nation, they're spread out amongst all the people. Right? It's, they should be gotten rid of. If they're not united, they don't deserve to survive. He says, you know, and I'm thinking in my head, Haman is right. If they're not, if the Jewish people cannot unite, they don't even deserve to exist. So therefore, he says, that's why I'm eating now on Ta'anit Esther. Because I don't want to celebrate the fact that the Jewish people survive if there's fighting between them. The rabbi says, Shema Yisrael, Chacham min amanishtana, like they say. You know, he's going to leave the guy alone. Anyway, half hour later, you know, they have the breakfast, the downstairs in the synagogue, like we have over here. He sees the guy, shoving calzones in his face, you know, kusab uh, jibbin, you know, sambusak. He's eating like, see, the rabbi goes up to him, he says, listen, if you didn't celebrate, if you didn't keep Ta'anit Esther because you thought, you, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't commemorate the fact that they fasted. Why are you celebrating the fact that they were saved? 
The answer is, you weren't a philosopher this morning, and you're not a philosopher now. You weren't ethical this morning, and you're not ethical now. You just follow the food. When Haman makes a party, you go to that party. When Esther makes a party, you go to that party. Don't pretend like you have any morals or values. You hear? Rabbi HaKadosh Baruch Hu understands that if you tell a Jewish person to learn the Torah, he's going to learn Bereshit, Shemot, Vayikra, Bamidbar, Devarim. You tell someone who's not Jewish, who's not motivated to study the Torah, that in the Torah it says that the Jewish people have a right to the land. You know how many Pesukim he's going to read before he closes the book? One. If the first words out of your mouth are not Bereshit, Bara, Elohim, he's closing the book. Why? Because in our hearts and in our minds, we decide the truths that we want to hear before we hear them. So you want to know why this message was so important to start the Torah with? It's not because of the real estate. That's not where the message is. The message is, you're starting to learn a book that's going to guide your whole life. Check your reservations at the door. Don't decide before you read the Torah what morality and ethical behavior is. Let the Torah itself guide you. Because if someone has an ulterior motive or an ulterior agenda, then you know what? Unless it's the very first pasuk, he's out of there. Think about what that means. How information sometimes needs to be convenient. It needs to be what we want it to be. It needs to be delivered in exactly the format that we want it to be delivered in. You know, imagine you go to a class, and the rabbi's teaching, and you're like, ah, I don't really like these halakha classes. I like the class more where I go, and the guy rabbi tells me a nice story, a good joke. You know, uh, I come home, and I'm inspired. Yeah, dib. But when you go to the doctor, does the doctor tell you a story and a joke? The doctor tells you, take 30 milligrams of that. Don't eat before you do this. Go over here, do that. I have to sew you up. I need to reset the thing. The doctor's there to fix the body. He's not there for your entertainment. There's an element of Torah and an acceptance upon ourselves where we have to learn something, even if it's not the first thing that comes up. And we're not entertained right away. And it's not a convenient truth to, to borrow a term, Rabotai. You hear me? According to this, it's very, very clear to me when the Midrash asks a following question, we'll end with this. The Midrash says, why does the Torah begin with the letter Bet? It should begin with the letter Aleph. Right? In order, the first letter of Aleph Bet is Aleph. You begin the Torah with the letter Aleph. And there's many different answers to this. One of the answers, one of the answers that spoke to me more than anything else was that the Torah was teaching you that if we started with an Aleph, you'd think, I started the beginning and now I know this. When it starts with the bet, you realize that the lifelong journey of learning is such that you are never done learning. You don't know it all. There's more, always, there's more that sits underneath what you know. There's more depth. There's something that comes before the halakha or the pasuk or the lesson or the mitzvah or the hanhaga or the musar. You see that? When we approach Torah learning that way, it's a completely different experience. Says the Torah right in the beginning. Look, look, at how much, look at how I have to, you know? I just want to get, like I said, I'll get, end with this example. You know, on Simchat Torah, we have the prayers, shaharit. 
and then we have, you know, Musaf, you know, and then we have the, you know, the Hakafot. And what do we have at the end of the Hakafot? We give out the bags. What happens? Why do you give out the bags at the end? Because if you gave out the bags in Shaharit, there wouldn't be any kids there for Musaf. No adults either. Right? When you're dealing with a child, with an immature person, you know, you have to be very careful where you place the entertainment, where you place, you know, the thing that they came for. If you serve the breakfast before Shaharit, people don't stay, right? It's because you have the breakfast, the Kiddush, after. So in some ways, the adults are very similar to the kids on these, on these issues, Rabotai, okay? Let's not be children. Let's not be people that are only studying things that are very exciting and flashy and interesting. But there's also a huge amount of Torah that we need to know uh, that requires a little bit of extra discipline to be able to study. The halachot are not going to be as much fun to learn about as some Kabbalah piece that a rabbi whipped down. You're, wow, oh, the gematria, oh, fantastic, right? That's parpera'ot lechokhmah, the Mishnah and Avot tells us. That's like a crown on top of the letters. Could you imagine you bought a Sefer Torah, and instead of seeing the letters, all you saw were the little tagim, the little certain, the line with the little, all you had was the crowns of the letters with none of the letters themselves. Gematriyaot, these things, these extra bits, they're the flavor, you know, they're the, they're the little bit of, you know, they're the salt and pepper that, that bring the, the flavor, that extra flavor to the meat. But if you don't have the meat, you, no one eats plain salt and pepper. You can't sustain yourself on that. So it's an incredibly important lesson that we are learning here of why Bereshit Barai Lukim had to come first and how a person should not approach the process of Talmud Torah. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve